Back in the building is crackbacks. We're getting right into it. It's just uh, yes, the original is here. Ricky Leaky and your boy, Big Pedro. Big stuff going on. I know you've been chomping at the bit to get at the Lakers. So I'm going to just, I'm going to unleash you. I'll, I'm slide back for a second. Let you talk for a moment and I'll come in with my commentary on, on the Lakers. But go ahead. Go ahead. It's on you. Like the one thing I don't understand. I, I mean, it's really because of Bron's sexuality. We already know the real issue is Bron's sexuality. But in real talk, I don't understand how, how people can think that someone who's always injured will magically stop getting injured. And then a guy who the last two seasons has been injured will all of a sudden go 10 years back in the, in, in the time machine and find his form at 28. I mean, it's, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, I feel like it's disrespectful to the rest of the teams in the West. Like, this is the this is a dope ass team from 2012. Exactly. Eight, yeah. Oh, this yeah. is 2012. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But okay. eight, eight, nine years ago, yeah, eight, nine years ago, this 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 is the hottest team in the league. You have, you know, defensive player of the year and Dwight Howard. You got the unstoppable score in Carmelo Anthony. You've got the you know the immovable force in LeBron James. But now what do you have? You have the team that Uncle Drew played with in that movie. They're all old, yo. They're all Old, old. Then you got a couple of sprinkled in young dudes there. Taylor Horton. I don't know how old he is. He looks like he's 40. Uh, yeah, he brings then, the average down a bit. Yeah. And none. Those are the only ones. And none turned down money. None's 24 years old. He's already he's ring chasing already. He turned down more yeah. money in New York and Miami to go to L.A. So I don't see it. I think they're a second round out. If that maybe maybe even first round, depending on what matchup they get. I'm with yeah. you. I don't think this, you know, Mello. Who, so who do they get now? It's Russell Westbrook. Mello's there now. Uh, they got the or Trevor Ariza went back. Iguodala went back again. Everyone here is is getting an AARP card sent to them real, real soon. LeBron's 36 with a shit ton of miles on his legs and starting to break down from last year. AD, I mean, you didn't say his name, but you said some guys never stay healthy. I'm assuming you're talking about AD. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. That 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 team on paper, great. In a video game, awesome. 2011, 2012, you're something off the charts. But in 2021, going into 2022, that's that's an old team with big names. And the the other thing I can't stand is like the perception of the Lakers. It's and it's, it's really been like that since LeBron got there. It was a little bit, but it's gotten worse. It's like when they get a player, it's like, oh man, this player's so good. And the second he leaves, he's garbage. I all I heard two years ago was Kuzma's untradeable, and now he was shopped to every damn team in the league. Like, and then they get Malik. Malik Bunk is a nice player, but no, the media not. talks like he's the final piece. No, he's you not. You know, he's Malik. Yeah, I mean, Malik he may not Monk, even... Malik Monk's supposed to be a shooter. He's in the low thirties, and he's too small to guard anybody. That's the other thing we haven't gotten to the point that LeBron's too old to play defense all the time. If they want. AD to bang with Jokic and some of the other big guys, which he doesn't want to do. He's going to break that. And never wanted to play the five. He's never ever yeah. wanted to play the five. He's complained everywhere. Even in college, he didn't want to play the five. He wanted. And to play he's the not four. a good enough shooter. He's not a good enough shooter in today's NBA to consistently play the four. Like well, he's Jokic the best, is a he's five the best shooter on that team. Better. He's the best shooter oh, yeah, on that sure. team. Well, other than Melo, and Melo can only give you twelve minutes. How is a team like? Let's start the starting lineup. Russell Westbrook, right at the point. Uh, what you know, Taylor Horton Tucker at the two, right? Or or Monk, um, whoever gets or Monk yeah. or Wade if he comes back, there's rumblings, right? Well, then LeBron at the three, yep. AD at the four, and Howard at the five. How do they score in the half court? 
right? And then, yeah. and then second of all, at this point of his career, LeBron's not defending. Like, sure, he could defend in the playoffs and spurts, right? But overall, he's not defending. He's going to let guys buy him because he's going to save his energy for offense. Russell Westbrook is one of the most energetic players I've ever seen on offense. That kind of effort that he puts on offense to get rebounds and score and drive to the paint, he does not do that on defense. So that's two guys right there that are defensive liabilities. And both Eight. with questionable shooting. Yeah, they, their, their shot selection is not always the best, is what I'm saying, between the two of them. There's a lot of pull-up threes and a lot of pull-up, you know, 18-footers for Russell Westbrook that hit the back iron. And the same thing with LeBron. There's no shooting on that team. They're going to be really relying on Malik Monk and Trevor Ariza and Carmelo Anthony to, to knock down outside shots. And although Malik Monk's not old, he's not good. The other two, you know, are well past their prime. If you're looking at a, at a curve, you know, a, a chart of their careers, they're on a way down. This, yeah. it feels like the Carmelo Gary Payton Lakers from the, you know, what was that, 2002 or whatever. Where, three, yeah. Yeah, where you just try to throw some big names together because they're supposed to win because they're big names together. No, they're not. They're, they're a four or a five out West, and they're out in the first round like they were this year. Yeah, no, I just, uh, it, the basketball fit doesn't make sense. There's not enough shooting. The West is too deep, you know, throughout the regular season. I mean, I honestly see situations where for about 20 games or so, the starting lineup's going to be basically Westbrook and all the mid-level, except on all the, the vet minimum guys chasing rings. Because I don't o, think the, the OKC team from a couple of years ago, basically. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And LeBron, what we know about him over time is when you have a, when he, cause he doesn't really play off the ball very well. He never has his entire career no, he needs on, on, other than, other than in Miami where he and went even to the still, post. And he still had but, the ball in his hand. Exactly. But when he was do, going in the post in Miami, he was, he was a 275 lean. He's probably 250 soaking wet right now. Cause he had to lose weight for longevity and not put the stress on his knees. Completely so he's not going to be player. back. He can't yeah. back down all game. Like mm -hmm. if you notice in the playoffs, when things get tight and they need buckets, all he does is throw his thickness in the paint. That's all he does. And this year, he couldn't do that because he's no longer – he has to be completely dominant. He's still a superior athlete to most guys, but that gap is not what it used to be. Ten years ago, he, nobody was close to him. Now well, there's guys that are close him. to him. You were afraid to get in front of him. You didn't want to get run over. Now he doesn't want to run you over just as much as you don't want to get run over because exactly. the consequences the next day. How's your body going to feel? When you hit the ground, no, he's taken a lot of defensive time off that he didn't do in the past because, mm -hmm. you know, it's cliche, but father times. Undefeated. So I don't see him. Exactly. So I don't see him trusting Westbrook as that secondary ball handler because, yeah, Westbrook averaged double digit assists, but he also turns the ball over like crazy. He's high usage, inefficient, inefficient, poor shot selection, high turnovers. And he's basically been that way everything LeBron. Exactly. And that's everything LeBron has never trusted. Like, I don't even see how it's going to work. I don't, I don't, I don't know. The only people that are, that are, that are clamoring for this here are your stat hounds. Uh, you people, oh, I've heard you know, random people work, people come with me because they know I love sports and all that. So, you know, you know how it is. People talk to you. So, yeah. and there's a lot of Heat fans around. There's a lot of Laker fans because some of the Heat fans weren't real Heat fans. They were LeBron fans and acted like they were Heat fans when LeBron was here. Oh, but now yeah. that he's elsewhere, they're with LeBron sexuals. Anyway, so yeah. they're they're all coming to me. Oh, Russell Westbrook, man, all those triple doubles, you know, all this, that's a stat hound. The only sport that you could truly like look at a stat sheet and it 
tells the story of the game is baseball. And even that, you know, to a certain degree, there's, there's nuances with pitching and all that. Yes, we can get into all of that. But of all the major sports, the closest one that if you just look at a stat sheet, all right, Omi had a good game here. This had a good game here. So much things are going on in an NBA game that you can put up good stats and not be effective at all. Kevin Love is a great example when he was in Minnesota. Kevin Love is like a three-year stretch, averaged 25 and 15. That's phenomenal. Zach Levine Levine last year. Yeah, Zach Levine averaged like 28 a game, and he shot almost 40% from three last year. Like, if you look at Zach Levine on paper, you're, holy shit, this guy's one of the best two guys in the league. Doesn't translate to wins. But it never, never has. Doesn't translate to wins. So they're going to be the flashy team. And 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 I'm, I'm being... A little bit generous, I would say, with with giving them home court, maybe with a fourth seed. There's team out west. I mean, there's still some movement to see what's going to happen. But if you're looking at the you know, Phoenix, better than the Lakers. Denver, better than the Lakers. Like regular uh, season specifically, do I give? Them I'm, Lakers just, I'm just. I'm talking. I'm talking in, in kind of in in general regular season and mm-hmm. and in, and in the playoffs. Both of those teams are better. Clay Thompson's coming back. Golden State, better than the Lakers. If Kawhi comes back, even if Kawhi doesn't come back, the Clippers may be better than the Lakers. It's the Lakers, are, they're not very good, and they're an older team. And we have another team out east here, you know, nearer to where we're, we're situated here down in South Florida, that's also an old team. And people are talking about, oh, great. Oh, they won the off season so far. They've had the best that the, the the Heat have had the best off season of any team in the NBA. Kyle Lowry was the the, the crown jewel of this off season here. Kyle Lowry is a what thirty five year old point guard, and he's out of shape. Has always been out of shape. And he gave four year contract to a thirty year thirty two year old Jimmy Butler max contract. So you you've got Lowry maxed out for the next two. You've got the next four maxed out with Jimmy Butler. You've got $90 million in Duncan Robinson. Uh, Bam's a nice player still on his rookie contract. I have no, no complaints with, with Bam out of bio. We, we sing his praises all, uh, here on, on Crackback. The only Heat player I really don't, that I, you know, can't, I can stand a little bit. You still got Tyler Hero on there that ain't worth a bag of chips. They, the Heat, have they, how much have they improved? I'm hearing all left and right. They're going to challenge in the East. How much of the heat improved? I, I have an answer, but I want to see what you think first. No, I, I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, you make those moves and spend that money to crack into the top three. And they're not in the top three. Thank Even you. right now, if Philly is presently constructed with, with Simmons Thank and Embiid, they're not well, and, and they're maybe make in the playoffs. Regardless of whatever move they make, as long as Joel Embiid is on the Philadelphia 76ers, they're better than the Heat. Yeah. Yeah. They're not better than the Bucks, especially in the regular season. So they're not going to be a top three seed. They're going to fight with the Knicks and Atlanta again for that four seed. They're Knows what I have. Yeah, it's a, it's like a what? Yeah, because the, Net, the Nets, Bucks, and Philly are still, to me, locked in the top One, three, three seeds in the East. Four, five, and six is, is between that, to me, the same teams as as, as it was this year. Because With Chicago, just, maybe, yeah. if they can mesh there. Because I'm not yeah, so sure about they, how those pieces fit together either. But Me neither. You know, they, but they have they have talent. Splash. They have they, exactly they have talent. They have some athleticism now. Alonso's going to get the ball moved around. I don't love Demar Derozan's game in twenty twenty one because he's 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 a nineties player playing right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
but they're, they're the Bulls are they're improved. So they, yeah, they I mean, they'll the, crack into the playoff picture at least. The Heat success course, really the Heat success really hinges on Tyler Hero being the guy he was two years ago. But I just think that's as I told everyone on this show religiously, and I was proven right last year. The Heat offense in the bubble in 2020 is what you call a statistical anomaly. Every single guy shot way beyond what their average norm is. Jimmy Butler that year was statistically the worst shooter outside of 15 feet, and he never missed. So unless they get that kind of shooting again, which I don't think they ever will get, because they just the only guy that shoot the only guy that's even close to where he was is Duncan Robinson. That's what he does. And he's a Duncan Robinson is a shooter, and he's a specialist. He can't guard nobody. Especially and he's got narrow shoulders, shoulders in, in the NBA. You know it, dude. Skinniest yeah. shoulders in NBA history. I don't know yeah, how that hey, guy guards anybody. But, hey, he but, knocks, he's a knockdown jump shooter. Knockdown shooter. And, and, hey, all jokes aside, $90 million for an undrafted player. Like, that's amazing, man. Like, that's hard work, dedication, never giving up. Yeah. Congrats that's amazing. to Duncan Robinson. I, don't really, I, I have no – other than playing for the Heat, no issues with Duncan Robinson. Yeah, yeah. I actually like him a little more now just because he earned that money and coming on. I like, I like when and guys he, come out the money like that. He ties up a lot of money for a flawed player on a team. That yes. Like. So yeah. Good that's job. also true. Good yeah. job by Duncan. Good job by, by Duncan Robinson. But they made all these moves, added on all this payroll here to move up two spots. So they yeah. were six last year. Four is their ceiling. They're not better than the three that you just mentioned right there. I am not sure if they're better than Atlanta. John Collins resigned today. Trey Young. We'll see how effective he'll be with the new rules. Oh, yeah, that's back into people. That's going to hurt him mm -hmm. a little bit, but he's a really good passer. So maybe he's getting to the lane now. Maybe he gets a couple more assists where he would have gotten yeah. free throws before. Yeah. Uh, Nate McMillan seems to be tuned in well with him. He's we'll a good coach, too. Yeah. With the Hawks. Yeah. He's a good coach. Long pedigree. Finally had some, some playoff success. The Hawks may be better than the Heat on paper right now. And people are saying they won the offseason. So the one through six in the technically could be exactly the same this year as you know, you know coming up as it was last year because the Knicks have made some moves here. We'll slide into uh, – you see the smile happening yeah. on, on my face here. Now, it's not the exact players we were looking to bring in. Uh, both of us have been singing Lonzo Ball's praises for months now and trying to put it into the universe. Hey, send us, send us Lonzo. Send us Lonzo. He signed in Chicago with DeMar DeRozan. He's there with, with Zach Levine. Uh, according to Lori Markington, as our, mm -hmm. our boy Clyde says, Decent team in Chicago. We wish Lonzo well. I think he would have been great on this team. But the Knicks have made some upgrades. First off, continuity. This is the first time that we didn't let everybody go trying to run after some big-name players. So we brought back Derrick Rose. Nerlens Noel's back in the fold. Alec Burks back in the fold. Brought in Evan Fournier, which I don't love the, the, the move, but I don't hate it as much as I did when it first happened. We'll chat about that in a second. And we needed to upgrade starting point guard. We had Alfred Payton starting in mm. point guard for us last year. Of uh, dude, my stomach hurt every time I had to watch him you know, plow to the basket as soon as Derrick Rose stood up on the uh, on the sideline because he knew he was coming out of the game. Well, anyway, he's a little bit older. I know I'm just getting beating down the Lakers in the Heat for having old players. We've got two old point guards, but we don't need either one of them to carry the load by themselves. So I think a, a lesser load on some older legs. Spread between these two guys here. The Knicks are in good shape. Kemba Walker is about to sign with New York. He was released from his contract by OKC. Also getting him on a very, because he was getting in the 
upper 20s last year, I believe. Yeah, from, he's from getting Boston. 8 mil this year. 8 million from the Knicks. When did the Knicks start making savvy moves? So here's my, my initial reaction. You know, I told you I, I, I just wasn't happy about it. It maybe makes us a little better just because how we talked about injured players don't magically get uninjured. Kemba's not going to play 82 games. If Kemba did, yeah, that's a major upgrade over over him because we actually have somebody who, number one, can create his own shot at the point guard position, which when Derrick Rose is not there, we don't have anybody to do that, who the last season he was healthy, or actually just just last season, he was an 18th-ranked player in points per game off pick and roll. So he's an effective pick and roll player even when injured like he was last season. The problem is you're not going to really get 82 games out of him. But this is what I did like. The first thing I did like is the Knicks resisting the temptation to re-sign Reggie Bullock. Uh, Reggie Bullock was a great player for us last year, but his skill set is replaceable. We've seen NBA teams late in the draft find older college players that are three-point specialists and can play defense. And the kid we drafted, yeah, Cam Johnson types, and the kid we drafted, Quentin Grimes, he he shot 40% from the three in college, and he offers more, more upside as a shot creator, and more defensive upside because he has more sacks. So, and now you're starter. getting him a lot cheaper. He was a starter as a freshman at Kansas and he transferred yeah. to Houston. I kind of heard the stock a little bit, but you don't go to a top flight program like Kansas and start right off the bat. And they've been good recently. It's not like it's a, a down period for, you know, for Kansas, like it's, you know, down period for Florida state football or anything like that. Kansas has been consistently good and he started as a freshman. So Grimes, he'll make the team. We'll see how much, you know, how much burn he gets. But he'll certainly make the team. Also, I'm not 100% sure we're not done yet. I mean, there's there's a lot mm-hmm. of tradable assets that the Knicks are still yeah. holding on to. We've still got a ton of draft picks. You can't mm-hmm. have all those rookies on your team. There's some move coming down the pike somewhere. We don't know exactly what it is. But as the team stands right now, player for player, they upgraded. It's not a, a leap. It's not a leap, but it's yeah. a step in the right direction. And it's some savvy moves. All those players, like I said, I didn't hate the. I don't hate the Fournier signing as much as I did 48 hours ago or 24, whenever the signing went through, because it's a, it's really a three year deal, not a four. Fourth year yeah, player exactly. option, uh, mm-hmm. and the, the all no, the a other team, op- people, team option, team, team option. option. I'm sorry, and the other three that we signed, uh, you know, with meaning Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, and your your boy Nerlens Noel. Those are all three year deals with the third year being a team option as well. Yep. So in the second year, very tradable, because, you know, you know in, the, very in the final That's year of it, ultra tradable. So the, they're keeping all of the options open for a team. So you know, I still have the old pipe dream of Dame coming to New York. I just don't want to spend too much on it. But we'll see exactly what happens with them. I'm just, as a Nick fan, it's refreshing to see smart moves being made that we didn't throw a lot of money at, at a secondary soup, you know, not even a superstar, a secondary all-star or star or somebody that's coming off an injury like Stoudemire. That's it. was hoping we wouldn't pull another Stoudemire and toss yep. bread at somebody that really wasn't deserving of said bread. But the, the Knicks are heading in the absolute right direction here. Another team that not, we're not so sure what direction they're going to be heading in. We're going to be flipping leagues here. It's the Colts. The Colts thought they had a quarterback. Did Philly hose him? Wentz is hurt again. They reached out to Philip Rivers. Uh, you, I know there's, there's someone that you have in mind that you'd love to have them bring you know, it, it down and to, to at least compete for some minutes. There's, there's panic down in, in Indianapolis. And the, the, uh, was it Quentin Nelson, the 
the guard, yeah, he got he's hurt, hurt as well. Same injury, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Same injury, same yeah. uh, you know as as Wentz. Ah, what's supposed so to do he, in Indianapolis? So he, I want to backtrack to one thing real quick that I I don't understand about how this happens in the NFL in general. This injury that Carson Wentz suffered predates from a high school foot injury. How the hell do the Eagles take him second overall, give him over a hundred million dollars, aren't aware of this injury? How the hell are the Colts? who gave up quite a bit of draft capital, didn't know about that. How are you not giving this guy a physical medical history check? It's a lot involved in that to get the quarterback in there. So I have no idea how that happens. And to to that situation, here's what I was thinking. I I was thinking of in two different ways, right? So from what I've read, they're going to do what I first liked because I was a huge Jacob Eason fan. You guys can check out crackbacks from the 2020 draft. I thought Jacob Eason was the third best quarterback in that draft. I liked Herbert and um, Burrow. Then I went Jacob Eason before Tua. That was just my opinion. You know, you were called a hater for it. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, I was called a hater for it, but I'm, I may or may not be right. We're going to find out week one because it seems to me that they are interested in, in giving Eason a shot. That's from That's what I've read. I don't move. know what's going to happen. That's the smart move to make. Uh, bringing bringing Philip Rivers back, not smart. Mm-hmm. Russian Wentz back. Not smart. You got somebody there that's got some first round talent. He didn't go in the first round, but he was rumored to go there, you know, initially. Give the kid a shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I cannot stand is the people saying that you can't bring in Nick Foles. Let's take names out of this equation for a second, right? Let's just look at the situation. My quarterback is hurt. The first thing any GM is going to do is look around the league for a vet quarterback that can come in and has no learning curve with the system. And, has, and possibly has had success with that coach in the past. That's that's Nick Foles, man. Like, you got to tell Carson Wentz, I think hey, you, man. Got more, you got more faith in Foles. That, I mean, collarbone was broken. It's I get just it. spot starting. It's just spot yeah, starting. I, I, but, I, no, I don't think that's going to be a spot start, man. They, they're talking about five to 12 weeks for that injury. And we both mm-hmm. know it's going to be closer to the 12 than it is to the five. He's not, that's an old injury and a guy who's, Always got something nicked or broken on him. Uh, you're looking in exactly. You're looking October. You're looking November before before he's ready to actually come in and play again. But my point That's is more than a spot start. My point is Carson Wentz has absolutely not earned the right to be consulted and protected about his damn feelings. No, he has played off for the last two years. Mentally, he's shown he's not a leader. Who owes him anything to, to, to worry about his feeling? We're trying to win football games here, man. You start Eason, but you need an insurance policy. You need a vet quarterback that knows the system. There is no better fit than Nick Foles. Yeah, Nick Foles didn't play well, but neither did Carson Wentz. It's, it was fair point. Now, now, it sounds like you want to bring him in as a backup mentor type deal, not to actually start. Yeah, because he can't start anymore. It's clear, but he could help yeah. Jacob Eason. Eason starts week one. Foles can help Easton. He can help him learn the offense, show him how to look, how it is to be a quarterback in the NFL. Because you know Carson Wentz isn't trying to be no damn mentor. <laughs> and if he you already said Phillip that, Rivers, feeling. Rivers ain't coming to hold a clipboard either. Rivers is exactly. coming to play. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't Foles hate it. Come... I mean, if you're so looking I, at I it, just don't like the idea. Backup. I'm fine yeah, with it's you a bringing back. him as a backup. If you're trying to bring him in that actually like win you some football, win you a division, I'm not. Mm, uh, I'm not feeling that. But what, 100% what, I mean, what I mean by that is this is a win now team. They can't afford for five weeks just to have Jacob Eason as the only option. They can't do that. That's a win now I mean, team. 
it, it is a win. It is a win now team, but they're in a division where Eastman can take some lumps and they can still win. So That's it fair. might it might be better off long term because all right, I, I will roll it out there right now. I don't have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz. He had a nice ten week stretch the year that the you know the Eagles ended up winning the, you know the Super Bowl with with Nick Foles, and other than that, he's been not as good as Jared Goff. Just, just put that Jared Goff's been better over the, except for that little stretch there. He got paid a lot of money, and now he's broken again. Mm-hmm. It might be in Indianapolis' best interest. It might be best for their future. Just go ahead and let's just switch to the Eastern dude now. See what we have yeah. there. And, and exactly. you know, we got a few quarterbacks that are coming out in the next couple of drafts here. Maybe we make another move here. But I don't think he's the answer. He literally started the second play of, of practice. I mean, it was the first day he goes down already. They're not even hitting you yet. You're wearing, yep. the, you're wearing a red jersey over your jersey. And in those non-contact injuries seem to linger for forever. I have no faith that he's going to be there for Indianapolis for a team that is ready to ride right now. So exactly. they've got it. You're, you had more faith in Eason than I did when they were coming through. But if they're, that's their best bet moving forward, Philip Rivers, unless you have, unless you think Eason is complete trash. If you're Frank Reich and you're in your coaches meeting and you're like, listen, I, this, this kid, he's, he's, uh, you know, the Peter man, he's Nathan Peterman. 2.0, that's a different story. Then you, okay. know, you scrap it. You try to bring in your, your Band-Aid, your fold. You may start folds at that point. You beg mm-hmm. Philip to come back. You beg Andrew Luck and see if he has any little, you know, oh, they do that every fire week. to come back. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> they do that every week. That's already happening. So Andrew Luck was like, oh, I'm sorry at home. I'm fine. I don't want to play football anymore. It hurts too much. <laughs> no, they're, they're – <laughs> Yeah, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Play, other than other than not winning, if he had won a Super Bowl, like in his second or third year, and just dipped in in year six or seven, all the bread, no CTE, and you got a ring in your in your pocket, he did everything perfect. Yeah. Like if Mahomes, in at the end of this five year, you know, the five year of a uh, contract he has right now, if he just dips at twenty nine with all that bread, Super Bowl ring in hand, couple of MVPs. Some records. There's that you can't say shit. Can't say shit. Yeah, to him. No. He'd be 30 years old, retired. Head doesn't hurt. Body doesn't hurt. Every he can get day. a job in sports media. He's a likable guy. I mean, he sounds Absolutely. like Kermit the Frog, but well, I mean, so he have to work him. on that voice a little bit. His one detraction is his brother. Whatever he does, he needs to keep his brother away from the screen. Oh my god, that kid is annoying. I can't stand that kid at all, dude. But, the, but he does sound like Kermit the Frog. But I would rather listen to. To, to Pat Singh, you know, that I would rather do anything regarding his brother. I can't stand the right. brother at all. The only people I can't stand more than the brother are, are Will Smith's kids. But that's a completely different story. A completely, oh, yeah, let's not get into completely that. Diff- completely different time. Same sport, different area. Teams are moving from the moving to the SEC from the Big 12. Texas and Oklahoma are the first uh, defectors. Apparently, Florida State, they turned them down. They reached out about leaving the ACC and going to the SEC. And because, because of here's, – here's the weird part. Florida State's streaming numbers aren't as high as the SEC would like them to be. So that's what held them back. If this was uh, – no, back in the, gym, in the Jimbo Jameis days, they'd oh, have yeah, been they begging for Florida State. Absolutely. Been begging for Florida State to come through. But that uh, – the program's been down a little bit over the last couple of years here, but we're getting close to not having an ACC anymore, an SEC, a Big East, a Big Ten, a Big Sky, whatever conference you want. If all the 
major players for a championship are in one conference, why even have conferences? Yeah. Now I'm with that. It's it's basically getting down to that. Yeah. College football is going to look completely different in the next couple of years here because those, uh, you know, but you sent me a a story about the the high school kid that's about to, about to go somewhere. He's getting paid money Mm -hmm. off his likeness. Quinn Ewer or something like that, the Ohio State. He, the kids he going reclassified to Ohio State now. Next. Yeah, he reclassified. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's heading over yeah. to Ohio State. So everything's going to be different now because the money's going to be different. Uh, the schools are going to start getting money now from EA Sports because the video game is going to be coming back out. The players are going to be getting that as well. Now the players are going to be getting their name. You can actually buy a, jer- a college jersey with the player's name on the back. You couldn't do that before. You can now. And the school. So it's another revenue stream for the schools. And I think the, the, our days of conferences are going to be over. It's literally going to be just a, like a, a 64, like the NBA, like the NCAA basketball tournament is of course scaled down in number, but they're talking about expanding it to six, the, the playoff to eight or to 16 teams that the conferences would have absolutely no bearing on anything other than the traditional bowl games, which nobody got under the age of 50 cares about. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh. Like what, what I don't, what I don't know. I don't know if you know the answer to this. Are Texas and Oklahoma only wanting to go to the SEC for football or all sports? It's everything. It's everything. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's and now it makes sense for Oklahoma. Uh, honestly, it makes sense for both teams because they're, they're money wise, but mm-hmm. Texas is going to get wallop. They haven't been good in a number of years and they're getting an uptick in competition, a major uptick in competition. Now, the one thing Bomani Jones said, he goes, there's no shame in losing to Alabama. There's shame in losing the TCU. So maybe that's one of the things that they're, you know, they're going to go in there and yeah. say, listen, well, we're taking our lumps because we're coming into this here, but, but I'm understand. actually intrigued. I am too. I'm intrigued to see Oklahoma in that because now it's like, that, you know, they, they score a lot of points. Is that, is that a fluke? Can they score on SEC deep? Cause in retrospect, the SEC doesn't see offenses like Oklahoma either, you know, that, so it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'd love to see it. I, I wish it happened this year. Cause that kid Spencer Rattler is supposed to be the number one overall pick kid from Arkansas. Yeah. No, no. From Oklahoma. From Oklahoma. Uh, uh, you know, so I'm yeah. seeing the, the, the red helmet in my head. And I'm yeah, seeing, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm seeing all the, the, the Razorbacks look, there. The, it's like a lighter skin looking Mahomes dude. Yeah, exactly. He's almost albino. Uh, I don't, yeah. He's 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 if he doesn't get a, a copper tone endorsement for some SPS 50, as soon as he gets in the league, somebody's slipping in the marketing department for your sunscreen people out there. But we also we're getting close up on time here. We got a little bit more to talk about. We got some Olympics here. Uh, we weren't we didn't have a chance to talk about Simone Biles and bowing out of the of the games here. And I wanted to see we didn't even really chat about it that much offline. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? How did you, you know, I've got again some more thoughts on, on it here and I've got to, but I'll listen to you first, uh, how you felt about it. You think she let people down, let her country, country down or team, which up? Well, cause I mean, I've heard so many different stories, so you can come from such a different perspective um, from face value to me. It looked like she quit on her team because if it really was about her mental health and she was really struggling, she wouldn't have gone to Tokyo. At least that's what I first thought. I know then she said something about her aunt passing away, but then at first she said the pressure of trying to be the greatest gymnast of all time. Like, you know, here's one uh, crack back first. I'm going to give LeBron a compliment. His entire career, 
He's tried to beat MJ and he's failed, but he never backed down from it. He's still trying to this day. And I'll respect that because you got to try. You'll, you'll, he'll never get there unless he tries. True. He could take, he could be, have to be in the league for 30 years to get that seventh title, but he's going to try to do it. Like, if, who can, if you don't make it, who cares? At least you attempted to be the best gymnast of all time. If you fall a little short, you still have an accomplished career. You just look like a quitter, in my opinion. Because okay. the, the thing that's pissing me off the most is I feel like we're celebrating all these damn bronze medals, man. The fucking Chinese have more gold medals than us, and we're just happy about the overall medal count. We have more people competing. Of course we're going to have more medals. Now, the China, we'll, we'll catch the Chinese in the gold medal count because of track and field. Although, but Bahamas been dominating track and field. Yeah, we're not getting that many goals in the in the track and field right now. But the Chinese don't get any, so at least we start to get uh, creep up a little bit closer to it. But as far as Simone Biles, there's a couple of things that I didn't know about that before that I found out uh, later on. Now, obviously, I'm no gymnast, right? But so listen to the, what yeah. the other gymnasts say there. Yeah, that that the twisties, what they call it, uh, it's almost like an equilibrium thing, almost like the yips. So it's mm-hmm. like think about Rick and Keel, but you're yeah. but you're flipping in the air. So that can be a little nerve wracking if you don't know. And she did land super awkwardly when she did that vault, uh, you know, earlier in, in the Olympics. So that's something we have to take that at face value. Nobody's in her brain. The mm-hmm. other thing is she's been an ADHD patient for years and uh, her medication is illegal in Japan. So she hasn't been able to take her medication in uh, yeah, see, I didn't days. know all that stuff. So, and that messes with the brain chemistry. So, is there any? You know, my son has ADHD, and anyone that you have that you see that has ADHD, you have to stay on the medication. You just can't stop cold turkey. And I don't know if they weaned her off before it, to, which would also cause some other issues. But I'm a little less critical on her. I was right there with you when I first heard it. I was like, I mean, are you freaking serious, dude? This is only every four years they pushed it back to fifth because of COVID. You're in a sport that no one cares about for three years and 10 months. And then for, you know, for the, the, the Olympic trials here in the U.S. and the actual Olympics, people care about your sport. And the one time the people's eyes are on you, actually on you, you decide to bow out. But then I got all the, other, the kind of the other information there with with her medication and with the, the whole twisties thing. And I feel a little bit more sympathetic to her. Plus, a lot of pressure on her. We, we, she's 24 years old. You know, we, we which is old the, for a gymnast, yeah. Which is old for a gymnast, but young for a human. And yeah. her, and although she's traveled all over the world and done a lot of meets and all that kind of things, things of that sort, she's probably got some social skills that are a little under underdeveloped because she spent so much time in the gym. You yeah, know? so that's a good point. I, I think all the things kind of added together. It's gonna kind of. I think it's a little bit different for a thirty-five-year-old baseball player to kind of crumble the way. Uh, or that that she this is a, a very young woman with some I don't want to call them mental issues, but mental situation at least. Uh, she's not 100% neurotypical, and not being on the medication could have really caused some issues over there. One issue at the Olympics that seems to have righted itself because there is only one thing that the, the, the U.S. Olympic basketball team can get: glory. It's either glory or grief. There's one. There's no way in between. No one's going to give them any moral victories. You're the U.S. This is basketball. This is our sport. We're sending professional players. We should bring the gold home every single time. It looked a little dicey in the beginning of the uh, of, of the tournament there, but they've righted the ship. 
took out Spain pretty easily, even though Ricky Rubio dropped, I think, 38 points, uh, a career high for international game for Ricky Rubio. But the USA basketball, they'll win the gold, but they've got to change the entire structure. I understand this is a COVID Olympics, so a couple of guys bowed out because of that, but they've got to change it. The whole program doesn't work anymore. We can't just grab a pickup team of NBA players. The rest of the world's gotten too good. And the rest of the world, those guys stay together and practice. Those mm-hmm. Argentine, those Argentinians know how to Louis Scola has been on the national team in Argentina for 35 years. Those guys know how to play together. So mm-hmm. there, there's got to be more of a commitment or we've got to just take what maybe the, a G League select team and all they do is play international ball. We change the, we change the lane. Uh, but they train specifically for FIBA and international ball and it'd be separate from our NBA guys because just grabbing this, the dream team was a, a you know one-time shot. We'll never get a team that good again. 96 was close, but not as good as 92. Mm-hmm. The, the current market, the, the, the current, the way they've, they're forming it right now doesn't work. So what do you think? Do we, do we go back to college players? Do they get a, a do they sign contracts where you will play on the national team for, you know, X amount of international tournaments. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to go. Well, Greg Popovich should be thanking Kevin Durant because the only reason this is happening is because Kevin Durant is like, fuck this. I'm going to take over. And they beat because they were down 10 points. Yeah. And then Kevin Durant just said, all right, I'm not, I don't want a bronze medal on my, on my record like LeBron. So let me go take over real quick. Drew Holiday's and, been a godsend for him too. Yeah. So it's uh, when Kevin Durant is engaged, it doesn't matter. No one's going to beat, no one's going to beat team USA. And like, like you said, I don't think we'll ever have a situation where we'll actually put the best five players we have available in the country. Like, you know, Kawhi's never going to play team USA basketball. He can never stay healthy. He's not going to play more basketball. You know, Curry's already, he's not going to go back. He's 32, 33 right now. It's the um, secondary thing for our, mm-hmm. for our guys. The NBA is the primary thing for them. And then the international stuff is something fun for them to do in the off season. Whereas those, those guys in, in other countries, it's a big deal for them. They really want to play against the U S they get a, you know, they get that, that the full brunt of everyone's mm-hmm. effort because they want to beat the U S I don't, are just throwing players together is not working anymore. They, maybe they have to get, I know they did this last Olympics. So maybe it was when Kobe was still around, it was 2012, but they had them actually stay together for two years and they did all mm-hmm. of the, the the FIBA stuff they did all of the yeah, two-year tournaments and said. all of that yeah that's the only way because they've got to have some continuity on there mm-hmm. we're rolling out guys like Sadiq Bay and Jerry and Grant uh Darius Garland yeah uh, Keldon Richardson that's not Kellen Johnson I'm sorry that's not NBA USA basketball I mean that our teams were supposed to have I wouldn't even have when they had Iguodala on it 10 years ago, whichever our teams are supposed mm-hmm. to be Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Shaquille O'Neal. That's how our, our teams are supposed to be. We're supposed to absolutely dominate on the international stages. Our game, nobody's better at basketball than the United States of America. It should never be in question. And we should dominate but, people from jump. And my concern is like once like Kevin Durant and, and, and like say James Harden's guys get older, if you look at the newer generation coming in, the best players in the league are not American. No. Like there's going to be a point where the best player in Olympic basketball is not in team USA. Yeah. So that's why I believe they do need to be doing like two year contracts. Like 
if you're going to play, play for two years, you know, we practice together because they're going to need some continuity. Cause I, I personally think a middle, a middle tier playoff team could beat team USA just because they have the continuity from just playing the whole season together. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Th- these guys don't know each other. They know each other and they know their games mm-hmm. a little bit, but when you play mm-hmm. with someone day in, day out, you know, two, three, four years in a row, before you even turn your head, you know where that guy is because you you have that that feel and you you have that continuity with them. It took them this long. The reason they were getting that they lost that like, Nigeria is what the second game that they played together. It's literally it's literally like grabbing guys out of the stands and be like, hey, come down and play. So it took them a few games to get it kind of put together. And you said it right on the head. The best player on the court is Kevin Durant. Even when they play Slovenia, and they may still play Slovenia because it doesn't look like Doncic may lose until he plays the U.S., even Luka Doncic right now, Kevin Durant would still be the best player on the Mm -hmm. court. Doncic would be second, and then the next four or five or six players are all from the U.S., but, but the next Olympics, he may worry, he may very well. The next Olympics or possibly the one after, with maybe the one after. Definitely by the one after, he's going to be the best player in Olympic basketball. And Canada should be much better. Uh, France is already really good. Spain is getting better. Every The, the other thing that the, the Americans have to do is we're really arrogant. I mean, we call all our championships world champions, world championships, you know, for leagues that only have the U.S. and maybe a Canadian team in there. And before, when our professional players were playing, they literally stepped on the court. The other team was so intimidated, the game was over. They all, mm-hmm. Mike Tyson, you know, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. The game was over before it even started because they were in fear. They're not scared anymore. Jerry and Grant's not scaring anybody. Kellen Johnson's not scaring anybody. So nope. if you're not scaring anybody, you better out-execute them and you better outscore them. So we'll see if they switch it past. The other thing they have to do is Greg Popovich has to go. They need a younger coach. Uh, and, a, and a coach that has some more, maybe even send somebody overseas so they get some more of a feel of the international game. The U.S. has start taking it more seriously, basically, because if they lose, anything other than a gold is an absolute loss. Don't even pick up your medal if you don't get a goal for Team USA. And then in regards to the Olympics, the other guy, I know we talked about him a little bit. Like, I've always had, I've always had an affinity for track and field. I was never fast enough because I grew up in Palm Beach County, so I was never fast enough to actually make the track team. Um, but you know, obviously it's not, this is not me being, this is not me being racist or anything. This is genetic fact. Africans have higher bone set density and more fast switch muscle fibers. So they have a genetic advantage in track and field. That's just fact. I don't think that's racist. Right. So what Karsten Warholm from, from (laughs) Norway did that, I don't think we're ever going to see that again for another 20 years. He beat his own world record by almost yeah. an entire second. Yeah. Uh, and the 400-meter hurdles is still considered a sprint event. Like, Anglo-Saxons can compete in the 800-plus, right? But typically, 400 and shorter is dominated by Africans. And Kai Benjamin from the USA was not even record. close. But he broke the world record, but lost. Yeah, because that's how fast that dude, the race was. Yeah. There's dudes in the Olympics that don't run a 45 second, 400 regular, no hurdles. This dude ran that with hurdles. Like this guy is a special, like Nordic God genes, like Norse God, like Viking. He's Norwegian. He probably has some Nor- Neanderthal yeah. blood in there as well. Oh yeah. He, he, like the, the leader of the Viking tribe who was just slaying everyone is his descendant for sure. Well, like that's incredible. 
It looks like we're ending this episode on a white sports segment. I'll do a full <laughs> white sports segment on its own. But this has been Crackbacks. Jason should be back next week. Uh, we'll have some more moves in the NBA. I'm anticipating some trades coming up here. We got some uh, football training camp started. And Thursday, tomorrow night, we actually have a game. It's a shit game. It's the, it's the first game of preseason. But I do think we have a game tomorrow. It will mm-hmm. see what? A half a drive from the starters, if that? And also, quick shout out, gold medal game, men's soccer, Spain versus Brazil, Saturday morning. Let's go. We will talk about it next time. We'll see you. Peace. Peace. I feel better when we actually get them in. So I will. Right. Um, I've got the. Like I downloaded.